Hello, my name is Hayley Morris and this is Conversation Time. Welcome back to the podcast and happy Sunday if you're listening to this the day it comes out. I hope you're having a wonderful day and also a big welcome to September. I have spent most of this month doing a bit of soul searching and some journaling and writing down my goals for the month just because I kind of want to keep in that mentality that 2020 isn't a complete write-off and I also I'm at that point where I feel like this year has gone really really slow but also really really fast. And I can't quite believe that Halloween is just round the corner, my favourite time of the year. Anyway, today I am joined on the podcast by a wonderfully joyful human. Her name is Christiane Risman, who you also may know as Backpacking Bananas on YouTube. She's just one of the most delightfully happy people in the world. I met her quite a few years ago now. I actually cannot remember the year I met her. We've been on a couple of solo ventures around London together and she's just such a a lovely human to connect with and she's just always got a huge smile on her face and she's just amazing at editing as well. If you've ever watched any of her videos, watching how she's adapted has been so incredible and I just think she's at her absolute A-game right now. So it was so lovely to have her on this podcast today. We kind of had a big old catch-up, we've spoken about all sorts, had a little bit of a giggle. So yeah, I really, really hope that you enjoy today's podcast with Christiane. So without further ado, let's jump straight in. Hello. I can hear you. I can hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's because no, no, no. I was, I was figuring it out because what I wanted is for me to hear you through here. Yeah, and then speak through that. Does it sound good quality? Yeah, sounds really good. Can you hear me? Okay. So just, yeah, absolutely, perfectly. Yeah. This is like the most high quality um, Zoom call I think I've ever had. Same. <laughs> yeah, I might, I might have to do this on my Spanish classes now. Just like turn up like this, and they'll right. be like, "Who do you guys? You are." Yeah, <laughs> I'll probably be revealing that like I'm not actually that good at Spanish and that I'm saying things wrong because you could actually hear me. Yeah, like <laughs> mm, I don't know if I want to do it this close, we can actually hear everything I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Just pronouncing everything wrong. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> How are you anyway? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I feel like I've not spoken to you in a really long time. I know, but then I I watched like your videos, like I just said, like just now, and I was mm. like, but I feel like I have spoken to you. It's I know it's so the, weird. The power of social media—it's crazy. It's so good in a way, and so bad in another way. But I think, yeah, that's the blessing of it—is you can not see someone for ages and know exactly where they're up to, which is just such a nice thing. It is. It is lovely. Have you not left um, Isle of Wight since the pandemic? Um, so I came home during the pandemic from America. So I've been yeah. here since I think, I think April, maybe May. I actually can't remember. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't actually left the island since I've been here, which is so weird. But <laughs> I mean, crazy world. I know. Well, I've never been to the Isle of Wight. I'm dying to go. Oh, you I have saw to that go. you were like, yeah, you said you were going to the beach and stuff. And I was like, that's so nice. Yeah. Like just having that. I know I kind of I think I forget how lucky I am to have the beach because I kind of just think yeah it's such a a normal thing to walk down there and then so many people who live in like cities or nowhere near the beach they're like I really would love to be by the beach yeah and I bet Isle of Wight beaches are not as like crowded as some of the ones that get like on the south of England Mm. like West Wittering and stuff like that's a nice beach it takes me like an hour and a half to get there but often I don't want to go because if it's a nice day it's just crammed crowded yeah like how how can you enjoy that I know I, I was so lucky during lockdown when I was here when it was still quite strict going down the beach it was like mm. 10 people there maximum I was like this is oh, amazing that's so good is like is the water nice there like can you swim and stuff yeah it's beautiful here yeah it's oh, really lovely no. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked I shouldn't I have asked <laughs> I was almost hoping you were going to go no no, no the water shit yeah it's awful it's all murky and gross you don't want to go in it <laughs> Yeah, no, we'll, we'll pretend it's not nice. Yeah, that, that'll make me feel a little yeah. bit better. <laughs> I bet you're itching to travel at the moment. You, yes and no. Yeah. Like, 
I've kind of found that like I'm getting so much done mm-hmm. um, in, in the past couple of months, like stuff that I, I've never really allowed myself time for. Yeah. Um, so for, for now, it's still kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I guess I am sti- slightly starting to feel like, oh, it would be nice to get away again. But I have got mm. a flight booked. Have I've you? Got a flight, I do, to Greece in like two weeks time. Amazing. And it was only £65 return. So I was like, if rules change and regulations change, it's not the end of the world. Like if I have to say goodbye to that 65 quid or maybe yeah. the airline will like refund it. So I haven't booked any accommodation or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. like the flights there, hopefully like we'll be able to actually go, but yeah, yeah we'll, I guess we'll see it. It's just a weird time, isn't it? Like just how uncertain it is. I hate it because I just I feel like there's so well this year especially I had so much planned and it's all fallen apart which is fine like I think you know (laughs) there's some positives and negatives but then it's making me be like well next year I'd love to do this this and this and I'm like is that unrealistic for me to think that I'll be able to travel next year even no I know that well that's the difficult thing isn't it because yeah everything that we're cancelling now like our instinct is to think oh yeah like maybe we can do it next year but then mm-hmm. you kind of second guess yourself and you're like but will I <laughs> will, like will I actually be able to go and the reality is we still don't know which no. is kind of sad but oh, wh- what can you do it's, it's kind of just like the hard pill the hard pill that we all have to swallow right now isn't it yeah yeah definitely I think it's just I guess plans. we're all in a, a bit of a, a waiting room I guess and we just kind of have to make the most of what we have in front of us which I have yeah. felt like so many more people are traveling around the UK and staying in mm. their own area or like loads of people did that is it the Edinburgh, what was it the one the 500 in Scotland is it is it route 500 something I've 500 never, I've never been up top of Scotland but I feel like it's just called like route 500 yeah. or something have you done much traveling around the UK? I did. I've done one trip, mm-hmm. uh, which was up to the Lake District, which was really, was that the really solo nice. One? Uh, well, yes, it technically was solo because yeah. I went by myself. But like, whenever I got out my car, I was with someone. So Aww. like, <laughs> I was seeing friends and family along the way. So yeah, um, yeah it was it was really nice because my grandparents live up in Penrith in the Lake District Mm -hmm. and I obviously hadn't seen them in god knows how long and they're wanting to like move back down south um and so they need to downsize all of their stuff but they're Mm -hmm. they're, like super old and frail now they can hardly move about and so like I was like hoovering their whole house and like cooking the meals and just making sure that they were all good but at the same time I had a friend called Gavin who I actually met in Colombia um just for like one day in Colombia but we really hit it off and he so happened to live in Whitehaven in the Lake District so it worked out really well that I was able to see my grandparents but also meet up with him go on a few adventures and like it was really really nice and I I think I really needed that getaway as well because that was after I don't know how long it's been four or five months Mm -hmm. um like just at home and yeah it made it like it, it kind of built me up for the next couple of weeks like I just felt so reflect refreshed that yeah. I'd, I'd got out and I'd seen the nature it sounds so cringe doesn't it like yeah, it's so, so cliche <laughs> but yeah it really did like revitalize me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> refreshed as a woman no yeah. I honestly I really feel that because I think you can get like, I think for me as well I think on a social level I was forgetting how to socialize with like anyone and I was thinking oh my god how do I actually start a conversation with anyone anymore and I was getting this anxiety I was like in a supermarket and someone would be like oh excuse me and I'd be like I don't know how to react to to you (laughs) (laughs) I can totally relate to that I actually think my eye contact has got worse like I have Mm. physically felt that and I'm like what's wrong with me (laughs) why am I just rough yeah just like But I feel like for you, all this traveling you've done, you, I mean, I've felt it when I've, you know, actually seen you face to face in person, (laughs) not really got that. I don't know. You're very, you're a people person. Like you're really easy to talk to. And I feel like you find it really easy to speak to people. And I guess when you travel, you're kind of forced to just make friends with whoever's around you. You kind of are. It's, it's, it's weird actually, because I never thought 
I was like super, super easy around mm. people. I've always thought I was like a little bit awkward, but I think it literally has been the travel and the backpacking and being forced to speak to people who you don't know that mm. has relaxed me so much and being comfortable with being awkward. Yeah. Like we, we, it, it sounds weird and it's hard to explain, but like I feel like just like in dorm rooms, you meet people for the first time and you just start chatting to them and like there may be long pauses but it's natural because you're kind of just in the same room anyway yeah. and it's just like you it's it's weird it's it's yeah. really weird and I, and I and I do think I've taken that that I wouldn't even call it a skill just like that way of talking to people mm-hmm. in such a casual manner where there's no pressure you're not trying to be like oh hi because who can be bothered with that yeah. like you're just completely yourself and you're not trying to impress anyone and that there's no no pressure to for anyone to say anything Mm -hmm. I think that I've taken that way of conversation into um like back home and into normal life and so it it makes it a lot easier because it it makes me feel less awkward I guess and it's so natural it's mm. so weird that as human beings, I think we just make everything so overcomplicated. Just having a conversation mm. with someone, it's like, why do we, why do we think so much about it? You're literally just yeah. exchanging words. Like it's really simple. I feel part of it is a British thing, you know, mm. like how it, I, I don't know what it is like about the Brits and, and, and how our conversations always seem to go the same way and, mm. and we respond to things in the same thing. I love this, this Twitter account. I think it's called very, very British yes, things. Yeah. <laughs> and the stuff they say, I like, I relate to that so much. And like, you do realize that it really is a British thing. Massively. And that like, and, and I, I guess it's the politeness in us, isn't it? Yeah. Like that's why we overthink our conversations perhaps because we don't want the other person to think badly of us. And that's why mm-hmm. we're always apologizing. Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy but I feel like whenever I'm abroad like especially obviously I've spent quite a lot of time in America I used to find it so weird when I was like lining up somewhere or I was in a shop and a random person would start a conversation with me I'd be like why are you talking to me like I'm not here to have a conversation with you like why why is this happening and then the more I've spent time there I've been so like why do we do this everywhere why are we all not just having conversations with random people like the other day I went for a walk and this woman just came up to me started talking to me and I was like this is nice this is just a random person I don't know her and I think only because of covid was she talking to me because I think she's obviously felt quite lonely and she's yeah. thinking I just want communication and that's I guess yeah. what we want in life is a connection with someone yeah absolutely and a lot of people have had that lack of connection mm. during COVID I guess and so and and yeah like you say it is nice and I, I think it is just something that we're not used to but it's mm. something that you can get used to yeah. because like you say like they find it normal in America to do that mm. um why don't we find it normal here I I, I think maybe up north they're a bit I see you're yeah. moving up north I am like, you could do more talking to people in <laughs> exactly. queues up there <laughs> I like specifically noticed it on on my trip to the Lake District and like when I was with my friend Gavin he was just like talking to people in the street like like a lot of people who he didn't know and I was like this is really weird but I kind of like it and like after oh. a few days I was like getting more into it and just more comfortable and I felt like a better person mm. like it just felt nice just to kind of feel open and kind to everyone. I think everyone yes. does want to be that way. I, I remember being on the tube on the way to London, uh, in, in London, on the way to work one day. And this guy got on the tube and he was sat down next to someone and started talking to the person. And they were like looking around really awkwardly. And then... <laughs> this guy just turned around to me and started having a conversation. And I was like, I feel really awkward because I feel like everyone on the tube is looking at me, judging me and thinking, are you yeah. going to talk to him? And I did because <laughs> I'm, I'm not the kind of person that's going to be like, mm, sorry, I'm not going to talk to you. So yeah. obviously I got in a conversation with him and then I felt the whole conversation, my back was like this because I was like, everyone is listening <laughs> and being like, why are they having a conversation? They don't know each other. And I was like, this is just... For me, that is the most bizarre situation to be in. One, where you're like, why, why is everyone watching me have a conversation? Two, like, should I be having this conversation when it's just, it's just too human? I've never heard something more relatable in my life, especially like on somewhere like the tube. But do you know what? I really think that like British people are closeted, um, closeted talkers. I think yeah. they tend to be comfortable with it, and like 
it, everyone has that mentality of like, should I be talking to this person? <laughs> <laughs> like, is this wrong? But you can. Like, yeah. It's, like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just not socially like normal. I know. And it's like when you're in a really, I, I remember again, another tube story. I was on the tube and it had broken down and we were sat there for an hour. It was the summer, it was boiling. And for ages, everyone was like, side-eyeing each other and I was like <laughs> someone's got to say something in a minute and I was like well it's bloody hot down here isn't it and then everyone just was like that's permission we'll all talk now and I was like <laughs> why did we have to wait for one person to just you know be like yeah we can all talk to each other it's fine <laughs> oh that is absolutely hilarious because it's so true yeah <laughs> <laughs> so wild <laughs> I know oh yeah well we we should just all spend more time up north maybe yeah that's the answer or in America <laughs> or in America yeah though sometimes yeah. Americans are too much yeah I spent three months working there mm-hmm. uh it was ages ago it was like seven years ago and I d- I there was a part of me which was like I'm not too sure I could live here because it might be a bit too much yeah. but I don't know maybe it's just because I wasn't wasn't used to it yeah you don't know. Too British. Yeah, you never know. Where, like, when did you start traveling? By the way, like, what? When was? What was your first trip? <laughs> did you used to go traveling a lot when you were younger? Um, not not with my family. Um, so I I went on my first trip without my family when I was eighteen, but that was mm-hmm. like a group trip. It was called World Challenge, oh, and yeah, it was yeah. like an yeah, it was like an expedition and it was organized or they, they, that organization came to my college. Mm-hmm. So I went with like 10 people from my college. So that was like my first time out of Europe and without my parents. Um, but obviously it was still like supervised. Yeah. And then my first non-supervised backpacking trip was when I was 19, fresh out of sixth form. And I went with two friends Mm -hmm. to, uh, we did like a massive round the world trip. Absolutely couldn't afford it, but just like made it work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What you got to do. Yeah. Like, oh my God, we stayed in the cheapest hostels. It didn't matter what the reviews were. It didn't Mm -hmm. matter what it was, how skanky it was, how many cockroaches were there. We would stay in the cheapest places. (laughs) Um, And that was Thailand, Laos, Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And then they, my friends went to Australia. I went to New Zealand and did the Kiwi experience, which is like a hop on, hop off group tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, well, we were supposed to meet back up in Fiji, but I missed my flight. That's a long story. I won't get into it. <laughs> um, so we ended up doing Fiji separately um, because I arrived like a day late and they mm-hmm. went off and did their own thing. And then we went to Hawaii together. We did manage to go to Hawaii together. And then we went to the States. Mm-hmm. They, and we all went off to different summer camps. So yeah, they off, went off to like Indiana and New York. I went to Maine and then flew home. So that was my first ever backpacking trip. So it was huge. Yeah. And I kind of just been traveling on and off since then so that was 2013 and at the time I was just doing temp work um, to save up for my next trip like I never tied myself down into a full-time mm-hmm. like permanent job um, and then in 2015 I started a working holiday visa in Australia went straight on to do another one in New Zealand in 2016 and then in 2017 I actually never went back to a normal job because I had a couple of freelance job opportunities come my way. I was able to come back home and live with my parents. So that obviously saved me a lot of money. Yeah. And 2017 was the first time I went to uh, the Traverse Travel Conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you, if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. You should come along one time. It's, yeah. a, it's a lot of fun. So they run like, they run annual conferences and it's mainly for like travel bloggers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just went along because I was like, oh, well, I'm a travel influencer. Like, I'll yeah. just see what it's all about. And that really opened my eyes to kind of making YouTube as a business yeah. and, and, and just doing what I was doing as a job even though I wasn't quite earning enough at that point I was just fed so much information to kind of help me get started Um, and so I picked up a couple of editing freelance bits and was doing that for a couple of years in between trips and then I think when did I go like full full full-time I think at the 
at the beginning of 2019 mm -hmm. is when I had my last non-YouTube related freelance job. And so for a year and a half, I've been like proper full, full time with YouTube, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. And what, when, like what year did you start filming on YouTube? Back in 2013. So Actually, you started it for that trip? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually how we came up with the name for my channel, Backpacking Bananas, mm -hmm. was with my two friends, because I think I was the one who came up with the idea, like, I want to make videos on this trip, you guys down. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, and then I was like, okay, let's come up with a name. And then we were like, well, we're going backpacking, so that's got to be in the name. Yeah. And then we wanted an alliteration, so we were like, okay what's another b first mm -hmm. word that came to our head was bananas so there was formed the backpacking bananas oh. <laughs> and, then, and then um we made videos on that trip and they were horrendous they were absolutely horrific but they were just funny yeah and then and then when we finished that trip I was like ah, oh, like I really like having this YouTube channel because I was watching so many YouTubers at the time mm -hmm. I was watching like all the beauty ones like Zoella and Sprinkle yeah. of Glitter and Tanya like, I was obsessed with that little YouTube group. We all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I want to do that yeah but obviously I don't want to talk about beauty because I don't know anything about it mm -hmm. but I can talk about travel um and so I came up with the idea like okay I'm gonna just talk about like travel tips and advice and mm -hmm. answer all of the questions that I had before I went traveling that I can now answer mm -hmm. um and that's when I made like backpacking Thailand tips backpacking Lao tips and like looking back at those videos they are such bad quality but they actually were what kick-started the yeah. audience and the subscribers because mm -hmm. it was actually like providing value for people um and I did ask my friends I said do, do you want to carry on the YouTube channel with me and they were not bothered and so I was like well if you don't mind I will go ahead and carry on myself because I was yeah. more than happy to do it myself and they were like yeah go ahead and you know occasionally they do make cameos in the videos Aww. every now and then which is nice mm. um because I still do think of them as like the original backpacking bananas yeah um, but yeah I, over time so over the past seven years my video quality has just got a lot better and it's just yeah. all been through trial and error I get inspiration from other YouTubers I get inspiration from like TV shows I obviously travel to new destinations mm -hmm. and that's how it's been able to grow and yes. I've been able to get better at what I do I guess I think it is it's like you kind of get thrown in not in the deep end but I mean when you get yourself into it all you ever want to do is improve and you watch the videos before and you're like oh why was I doing that and you change that and then yeah. it's such a good I think so many people underestimate how um productive this job is because you you're literally you're very self-critical because you're watching yourself every day and mm. you're just I don't know you're always evolving you're never going to go stagnant because you're always thinking well I need to improve here I need to improve there and I think it's so I guess underrated like I just think it's amazing I'm always so so impressed with how people develop over time yeah and and it's such an important process to to know that that's what you need to do like mm. so many people now come to me and they're like I want to do what you do how did you learn how can I learn to do this and I was like well, if you look at my video seven years ago, that's yeah. how I started. But I think a lot of people panic about starting because they're like, I can't produce what you're producing now. And it's like, well, no one's expecting you to be able to, but mm -hmm. people want people want instant gratification. Yeah. They just want to be able to just do it, just like fall into a job. Yeah. And unfortunately, but also fortunately with the jobs that we do, like it, you have to work hard to get there. Like mm. it, it is a dream job, yeah. but it, it doesn't come just with one interview. Like, no, you know, God, no. you have to, you have to grind it at yourself. And also you have to be passionate. Like you've got to enjoy what you're doing mm -hmm. because if you don't, you're, you're never going to do that trial and error no, because exactly. you'll, you'll make your first video. It'll be shit. And you'll be like, Oh, I'm not doing that again. But if you enjoy it, then you'll be like, okay, cool. So that's how that went. All right. I think I can improve by doing this the next time. And it's just a massive evolution, but a lot of people, yeah, they can't, they can't be bothered with that. I know um, it is. It's a very long process. I think there's a lot of people <laughs> now as well that I get a few messages. Cause I'm not, I'm not someone that I think 
you know, has a huge audience or is, you know, it's not my full-time job, but there's still people that message me and they're like, do you think that there's an opportunity for me to start YouTube now and become famous? And I, I personally think there is like, I think Hmm. YouTube has millions of people on there, but I think there's people that have proven that you can start a channel and still rise. I think it's just, it is grit and determination. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think anyone can do it, but I think they need to have the passion and they need to also have an idea and a niche. I Mm. do think it's incredibly hard to grow if you want to make videos about not not much Mm. um, or or like just about your life and expect to grow an audience. I feel like you really need to have, have a niche and at least at first, like be providing value um because otherwise how are people gonna find your channel like you 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 have to have some way of uh, it being attractive and Mm -hmm. and people searching for your content but if you've got that then yeah I believe anyone can grow and for some people it's slow and for some people it's fast I do think it's a lot about luck yeah which is a little bit annoying but it's just the way it is like you know certain videos that you make that hit the algorithm so like my most viewed video is so random it's like um a product review of the life straw which is like a filtering straw and i made it back in 2015 and it was my first ever gifted product and um so i was so excited like just to get something for free was just like oh my goodness and i'm yeah i made this whole video reviewing this life straw and uh I mean, it, it was a little bit scandalous because I ended up trying to drink my own pee through this wow. straw. <laughs> but, but there was no clickbait about that. I did yeah. not in, insinuate it at all at the beginning of the video. So I don't think that's what brought people in. But what had happened is that there was another YouTuber with like 10 million subscribers or something mm-hmm. that at a similar time had made a video about the oh. live straw. So what had happened is mine just by default was getting suggested next to that other one that was getting millions of views. And as a result, mine ended up getting over a million views. And that was just pure luck. It really yeah. was. And you, you, can't, you can't plan for those things, which no, is a I little mean, bit annoying, but... You just never know what's going to be trending either. I think you can always follow the trends, yeah. but you never know if you follow the trends and do everything that everyone else is doing you're still not guaranteed to hit the algorithm. Yeah. You just, you just have no idea what's going to go up. Yeah. I, I love and hate when I find a small YouTuber who makes such good videos. Cause mm. I'm, I like, I love it because I'm like, I've discovered a gem. Like yeah. this is so cool. Like they haven't hit the algorithm and I've seen it and no one else has, but then it's also sad because I'm like, you deserve so many more subscribers. And yeah. like, you should, you should be receiving more. Um, I don't know what the word is. More. Just recognition yeah or, recognition yeah. for what you're doing no it's wild I think I've, I've never really understood it I think I used to when I started YouTube everything I did was clickbait I guess all really? my titles <laughs> it was always weird comedy stuff though wasn't it? it was all about like girls that fart girls that poo all this stuff and yeah <laughs> god I've got a weird audience from that that's still every now and then I get weird <laughs> comments I'm like okay should not put that up like they're all my most viewed videos and I'm like oh <laughs> How do I get away from this? (laughs) Well, we both have something in common then. Because mine's about drinking pee. (laughs) (laughs) Bodily functions apparently do very well on YouTube. Yeah, clearly that's what the people want. That's what everyone wants to see. Very strange. (laughs) (laughs) There's a dark world definitely on there. Yeah, I guess people just like to see the weird, weird stuff, don't they? Stuff that you just wouldn't normally see. Taboo stuff. Really I don't. I, I, I try to stay away from clickbait though because I do get scared of like the comments that people will say yeah. when they don't get what they've clicked on. Yeah. So I, I feel bad whenever I do a clickbait title, but I, I try not to. Yeah, and it's really difficult. And I think as well, when you're putting your life on the internet, I feel like I was saying with, well, Leah and I were saying that you kind of get everyone sticking their oar in and you know having an opinion on it and I think that's such Mm -hmm. a it's such a weird world when as well when there's big life things going on in the world everyone expects you to come forward and I guess 
have loads to say about it and I think as an influencer you're expected to be the first person to talk about you know current affairs and stuff like that and I think it's it's so bizarre when you think about it because all you're doing is providing content for an audience Mm -hmm. and you're Mm -hmm. doing it you know to help people or to entertain people and suddenly your thoughts and everything are kind of made you're, you're you're basically made to feel like you should be commenting on everything in the world no matter mm-hmm. what capacity you're at like you might have so much stuff going on in your personal life yet you're expected mm-hmm. to be doing all these things and I part of part of me just thinks why is why is that such a thing like why are we expected to have an opinion and share it with everyone all the time yeah I don't know how you feel about that yeah no I don't agree with it I sometimes people think that we're like news outlets yeah and that we should be commenting on things or they're like you haven't commented on it and that means you're racist (laughs) you haven't commented on this which means you don't support it and I can't support you anymore and it's just like my channel is not a news outlet go to BBC News for that I post backpacking videos yeah and like my personal thoughts I will keep to myself but then it is hard because they're like but you have an audience and so you need to be speaking up about these things. And I, I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, but it, the, it's a fine line and it's a balance because it's not just because you have a big audience. It is not your duty to post mm-hmm. things, which is not your thing to post about. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't see like, I don't know, the fashion magazines suddenly posting all about politics. No like you know because that's not what they're for people don't buy their magazine for that people don't subscribe to our youtube channels for politics no exactly. you know there are there are other channels that comment on that and so yeah i it, it, it grates on me a bit but i do think that there's a fine line because i yeah when you when you have a platform it's good to talk about things that mm-hmm. are right and what you believe in so yeah it is it's a fine line yeah it definitely is but I think as well I think when you do have when you do express your feelings or your views on it I always think that people are really quick to shame you and that's one thing that really scares me about the internet there's such a cancel culture and I just think Mm -hmm. no one's allowed to make a mistake anymore and it's even if you if you have like a conflict with someone else online and everyone takes their side they don't know all the story they've just taken one side of it Mm -hmm. they then go right you know pitchforks are out we're going for the person you're against no matter what their story is before I've heard mm-hmm. it I'm gonna make sure they're off the internet and that's one thing that I'm always like that is so terrifying yeah you're not you're not forgiven it's a new thing the cancel culture is a new thing people just want to call you out and what what I do appreciate mm-hmm. let's say that someone or you have said something that someone else doesn't agree with yeah I do appreciate constructive Criticism, criticism, criticism. Yeah, yeah. Constructive criticism. Sorry, I couldn't get that word out. <laughs> constructive, yeah, words. Constructive criticism, especially if like someone like DMs you. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that if someone's going, "Hey, I've seen, I've seen your post here, um, and like, I think you should be aware of the fact that this is a thing. Yeah. This is why some people might be offended, and and you know, tell you what you've done wrong in like an, a nice way because then yeah. if if you wanted to correct it or if you wanted to say something else comment on that then you can and it's a discussion as opposed to people publicly just saying you're wrong and like you will always be wrong I don't like you anymore I'm not supporting you because you have these views and I don't agree with that at all well it's not that I don't agree with that but I don't I I hate that it's not helpful it's not helpful at all and how do you, like, you wouldn't treat your, your friends like that. You wouldn't treat people you know like that or people you know in real life. It's just because it's the internet and, and, and people want, yeah, they're hidden and they, they want to be able to call people out. It's like they're looking for people to apologize. For I stuff. know. There's so many things like that. I, I got um, a guy recently, I assume it was a guy because the picture was of a guy, but they went ham on me on instagram and all my pictures really? i didn't respond what? to it all because i was just like i'm just gonna delete it because it's not i don't want it to be seen by anyone else because it's this person's yeah. opinion of me and mm. they really went to town on me and mm. i was like do you know what i'm just gonna get rid of this i don't appreciate this person 
but it yeah. was just the way I thought, okay, if that's how you feel about me, maybe private message me and be like, this is my opinion of you. And yeah. this is why I feel this way. And I would have been way more accepting of it and been like, oh, okay, I understand that you mm. feel that way. I'm sorry. That's how you feel. And you know, mm. I'll work to change it if that's how I'm presenting myself online. But I thought, mm. no, you're just actually being a bit of a dick here. And you're calling yeah. me out in front of anyone, like family, friends, anyone who mm. is reading my, my, um, comments and I was like mm-hmm. you've also done it in such an aggressive way that I don't actually want to so aggressive yeah it's like the whole like, like internet's turned into a Karen like mm. they are so aggressive so, <laughs> so it's, it's 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 a cancel Karen culture yeah the Karens are the ones cancelling mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be happy like I don't get it <laughs> yeah and I I do feel sorry for um comedians as well these days because like comedians make their living of like poking fun at different things yeah. and like it's like you can't do that anymore because you're going to get called out and I like the thing is not everyone in the world has the same opinion some people might get offended at some things that you say but that yeah. does not mean that they are right mm-hmm. like they might say some stuff which offends you but that doesn't mean that you are right and exactly. so I think that's that's a big reason why cancel culture is again not okay because people think that by calling you out that they are right and it's like no it's, it's just one different I think opinions. some yeah somewhere along the line people have forgotten that we're all entitled to our own opinions like mm-hmm. it that's the nice thing about us as human beings is we all have our own unique unique way of looking at things and our own opinions and we all form this Mm -hmm. personality around it and it's like well if you want us all to be the same it's gonna be such a boring world everyone's gonna like the same thing everyone's gonna say the same things and we're just gonna lose ourselves and I'm like just let everyone be who they are say what they want to say in so you know not to the extent of being awful to each other but I mean yeah yeah, you you can have your own opinion and comedy is so versatile and what one person thinks is funny another person just is like that's really not funny to me and it's that's the the beauty of it all not everyone's gonna be vanilla and just be like yeah I'm just happy with everything or I'm you know there's a lot of things I don't like there's just some things I like and we should all think the same way yeah it's it's boring it's boring when everyone has the same opinion on things Where where's the conversation yeah like where's and the, I feel like the especially for you like you've met people I guess from all walks of life all cultures and you will have met people with totally different opinions, totally different views on the world. And it's, that's really refreshing. Yeah. I, and I, I think it's made me way more open-minded as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel so open-minded when I travel. I, I never will try to argue with anyone, like whatever they say to me, even if it's something that I don't agree with, I always make a special effort to listen, to listen to everything that they're saying. I want to, I want to understand why people feel the way they do about yeah. certain things. And that really opens my eyes a lot. And um, in the least arrogant way possible, I wish more people were like that. Like yeah. I wish if you heard someone who had an opposing opinion, as opposed to just going, you're wrong, like listen and accept. And, you know, and you can say, oh, well, I don't agree with you. And this is why I think this way, but I respect your, your that you, yeah, I respect your opinion and, and that's fine. Again, such a simple way of being, but we all seem to have lost that simplicity and just gone, no, no, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, my, and it's mainly online, isn't it, as well? Yeah, such a weird way we've adapted. It's almost going backwards rather than forwards, which you wouldn't expect. I know, and, and I sometimes think, like, is it going to go back to the way it was or is it only just going to get worse? And I really hope it doesn't get worse. I really mm-hmm. hope like, you know, we, we, we take a switch in the other direction, but I find um, I've seen skits of, I, I don't even remember the name of it. It's like a skit called something like, how woke are you? And it's, um, it's making fun of all the people who are really, really woke. Mm-hmm. And I think if more stuff like that is made, hopefully it will wake up the people who are acting yeah. super, super woke yeah. and, and be like, yeah, maybe I am being a little bit ridiculous. Mm. I know. I think I'm, the one thing I'm worried about as well is I think with COVID separating us all in our own countries, I'm kind of worried that we'll, 
I don't know, lose the connection and start just being like, well, you know, this is how we think here. That's how you think mm-hmm. there. And we, we're very different when mm-hmm. it, we're not at all. And I'm just, mm-hmm. I just don't want this travel ban to last very long because I just don't want anyone to lose the connections that we have. I have hope, you know, I, I have hope that we will be traveling again soon. Like as long as people wear their masks, yeah. <laughs> then hopefully there won't be a second wave. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know if this is ridiculously stupid, but I saw um, that someone had written a book years and years ago uh, making predictions for the future. And there were so many of things in this book um, that were predicted correct. And one of the predictions was in the year 2020, there's basically going to be a global pandemic. There's going to be a plague that's going to run through the country and it's going to disappear as quickly as it came about. And I'm that. holding have you i'm holding on to that i'm like it's just gonna disappear and i i already feel like things are relaxing quite like despite the masks which i think is a great thing i'm really glad that we are all wearing masks now but like i i feel like people just are relaxing a lot more and as long as that is is working i feel like it's just gonna go but i don't know i hope that's not me being too optimistic but i I do i do really think that i really i really hope that we will be traveling again before too long. I, for some reason, just have in my head January 2021, it's all systems go. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it'll be fine by then. <laughs> That's the end. Yeah, as yeah. soon as like New Year hits, it'll be like, woohoo, COVID free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I hope so. That would be lovely. Well, I mean, looking at like different countries, I think a lot of them are saying they should be open by January 2021. But mm. I mean, I, th- I think it's too far ahead to actually say and i'm hoping that over the next few months they'll be like actually guys we're all right come on over come on come on in like your bags you're in yeah but england unfortunately because we're one of the worst countries will probably be the last ones to be let in to these other countries oh that reminds i need to get a new passport so do i when does yours expire i think it well it expires in march but that means isn't it six months before Mm. you have to yeah so in october i have to have changed it when about when april so yes we will both be applying for a passport at the same time and have you seen the new ones they're blue aren't they they're brexit ones they're disgusting (laughs) yeah so sad as well my boyfriend was like um so make sure you change your password my password your password <laughs> before um the new ones come in and i was like yeah no worries i'll get that sorted and then obviously i missed it you just, yeah you just don't do it no i'm i'm, I'm exactly the same. well i i was just in denial about it leaving the eu the whole yeah. time i was just like it's just not gonna because obviously happen. it's it was been putting off for years and i was like it's just not gonna happen and then suddenly you see people with like these blue passports and it's like oh no it's happening it make happening. it stop oh, <laughs> but has that affected you anyway in what like traveling or not yet no not yet i and and, and i hope it won't but I don't, I don't know, because I, I haven't really done much travel in Europe, if I'm completely mm. honest. It, it, it depends on what barriers they end up putting up. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's funny, though, because I never planned on working in Europe. Uh, mm. Like, that was just never on my agenda. But as soon as they say to you, when we leave the EU, it means that you can't work in Europe. It's like, oh, well, wait, wait, wait. Maybe, maybe yeah. I do want to work Got in Europe. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you're told you can't do something, yeah. suddenly you want to do it, even if you've never wanted to do it before. That's probably why we all like traveling to countries where we have to get working visas and yeah. you know, <laughs> pay like five hundred dollars. Yeah. 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 Yeah, probably. Have heard, I don't know if this is true, um, that they'll be making like particular bonds with like Australia and Canada so that hopefully we'll be able to that maybe like work there without the visa. I hope so. I I would love that, but I, d- I don't know whether that's actually going to come into fruition or if that's just Boris yeah. just, yeah. yeah. Do you think you'd go back to Australia and work again? Yeah. I mean, now now that I'm self-employed, it's it's kind of a different question because yeah. I'll, I'll always still be working online, mm-hmm. but I do just love the lifestyle in Australia. I like, I love the fact that everywhere's just near the beach. The weather's great. Yeah. The pay is good. So maybe if I did do that, maybe I would purposefully get a job in Australia just to yeah. benefit from that pay. And like, 
I just I love the nights out in Australia they're like relaxed but also bougie it's fantastic yeah. whereas in London shoes in supermarkets <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's lovely <laughs> Were you yeah. going to say in London? Were you going to say London? Yeah, I was. I was just saying, like, when you go out in London, like, you always just, well, speaking for myself, I was just look an absolute state. There's nothing bougie about it whatsoever. And no, it's no. just, you know, you're just wearing traders and it's just, it just, it yeah. just feels so like un- underground. Whereas Australia is just like, I don't know, everything's just airier and more beautiful. Yeah. and it's just like summer vibes all year round all the time I don't know what it is whenever I've gone there I've always just been like oh I love it here and the attitude of everyone they're so horizontal about everything it's like yeah no worries you're like yeah no worries mate everyone's so fast everyone's like I don't know I think it's just Brit culture we we get so angry about everything and it's like there's always a frustration there's always like always complaining to a manager always like oh well this has gone wrong you've ruined everything whereas in Australia I feel like it's like oh no worries mate and you're yeah. like oh brilliant that's fine cool <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it relaxes you as a person you realize that like you are not where you came from like yeah you you are not you are not your culture is that what I'm trying to say um I think yeah I think we kind of identify as a person depending on where we've grown up mm, mm -hmm. yeah and 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 it affects you massively but then when you leave that space you realize oh I'm 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 not actually like identifically like that yeah I'm not using English words today and I apologize (laughs) go with it yeah I hope you understand fun language today we'll put it in dictionary later (laughs) yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) no I think I think traveling does that I think it it like you said it it makes you more open-minded as a person and I think like do you feel like you know yourself better having traveled yeah yeah I I think I I, it's funny because I wouldn't say I know myself better but I think I've sculpted myself into a better person that I, w- I would want to be mm-hmm. I think I by, by by having an open mind I've just discovered more the person I want I want I want to be as opposed to mm-hmm. discovering the person that I was because I think we all have the potential to to grow as as people I think that there are some things which are like innate within us but the majority of like how we are is a product of how we not are raised yeah where where we are and our and our influences mm. and yeah I, I definitely think that travel has like I guess changed me for the better and just made me a more open like I think it's made me more of a hippie like I I I, I talk more philosophically about things which like I think 17 year old me like if someone tried to speak like quite philosophically to me about stuff I'd be like like stop (laughs) stop yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly like I don't want to hear this like you're so cringe um but like when you go through those experiences yourself then you find yourself (laughs) starting to talk about it and I feel like such a wanker but (laughs) it does it it changes you in that way it does yeah and yeah it makes you just more well-rounded person and like more accepting of people and just more like go with the wind and nothing matters and yeah like I've become more of a minimalist and all of this like who the hell am I I love that minimalist lifestyle is the way forward for sure yeah and yeah it's it's true what they say about like backpacking and about traveling like it 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 really is people just you're gonna end up in the UK or do you think like living wise I'm not I'm not completely attached I really really want babies my mum would probably love for me to have them in the UK I I actually do plan on buying a house in the UK I'm saving at the moment but it's probably going to be at least another year and a half until I have saved up money for a house deposit I really like the idea of, of having a base I'm not one of these people who can be like completely nomadic like in my ideal world I would travel for three months then be home for three months travel for three months then be home for three months so I would like to have a home base but I, I'm not opposed to living elsewhere in the world if if I had a reason to yeah. be there I mean if if I could have an Australian like come along I'd probably be very happy (laughs) (laughs) straight there but we can't we can't choose these things I mean I could try and hang about in the right areas 
you can't choose who you fall in love with no I'm quite unlucky in love though you know like I've never actually been in love I've had one relationship and I've like seen a lot of people and I don't know whether it's because of like the travel lifestyle where I am constantly on the go or whether it's just because I'm just not like the relationship type I don't know whether I, I don't know whether that is a type or whether it's just about like finding that right person do you think do you have like a a checklist of what you want out of someone or do you think you're just so open to it I think I used to which wouldn't have done me any favors yeah um I think I'd have like yeah a a physical and a mental checklist but now it's just a case of like do I vibe with this person oh that sounds so crazy do I vibe vibe. with this person (laughs) but it is just true like because I think I, I have an idea in my head of what the perfect man would look like, but then the guys who I end up fancying look nothing like that. And yeah. it's because personality takes over. And yeah, I think having been through a few people who show absolute red flags, mm-hmm. you, you, you do realize over, I think I know now who I don't want. Yeah. That's important though. That's just as important yeah. as knowing what you do want. Absolutely. Like I think, I am much quicker now when I meet guys, I'm much quicker to like be like, oh no, I don't want him because he did that. And like, I've experienced that and I don't want that. But I, I, I don't know what my perfect guy would, would look like. Well, I don't know about anyone else, but I feel like we all need a few more Christies in our life. She was so lovely to talk to. I feel like we just had a really, really nice conversation today. And if you are a hunky Australian with a fantastic 10 out of 10 personality, please do DM because I feel like I've got the gal for you. Uh, no truly I had such a lovely time speaking with Christy today and I really really hope that you enjoyed this too I also cannot believe we've reached over 10 episodes already where has that time gone and thank you so much for supporting me on this journey thank you for sticking around and listening to me ramble on it is honestly such a pleasure to have people support what I'm doing so yeah it truly truly does mean an incredible amount please know that I hope you are enjoying all of these and as usual if you did enjoy the podcast and if you are continuing to enjoy the podcast I would love it if you could give me a rating on iTunes it truly helps me out more than you know and I will speak to you all next Sunday for another episode